The last thing we were discussing was if someone gave an ox to a shepherd, the shepherd now becomes in charge instead of him. And we were, and Gemara explained that we're talking about a situation where a shomer gave it to a shepherd, and the shepherd is now in charge. And the Gemara further explained, we're talking about where the shomer himself is a shepherd and he gave it as apprentice to watch, and we said that's normal. We also brought down the famous Mahloket in regards to a lost object. That according to Rabbah, the finder is a Shomer Hinam. According to Rav Yosef, the finder is a Shomer Sachar. And with that, we're going to start Nun Vav Amud Bet. Last line by the Sima, Nechzirah the Olam, Hashev, Hiya, Amarat, Nishbar, Sachar. Where we're going to ask a whole bunch of questions on Rabbah and Rav Yosef. And the first one is Etiver of Yosef the Rabbah. Is where Rav Yosef is asking a question to Rabbah. We have a Braita. And now we're on Nunzayna Mudalev. If someone found something and he put it back by the owner's house in a place where the owner could see it. He doesn't have to take care of any uh, anymore. He did his mitzvah. He returned the lost object. But if it got stolen or if it got lost, He's liable to, to pay him for it. So now the Gemara asks, What does that mean he got stolen or lost? Aren't we talking about a case where if it got stolen or got lost from the finder's house? And that means a Shomer Sachar paid watchman is obligated to pay if it got lost or stolen. It's a problem on Rabbah. And the Rabbah would respond, Lo. Rather, it got stolen from the place where he returned it. So... The finder put it in the in in the loser's mailbox, and someone stole it from the mailbox. But Rav Yosef would say, But didn't the, the the beginning say you don't have to take care of it anymore? That's it. That means he's totally absolved. Amale Rabbah said, no, that brayta that says that you're still obligated to pay is askinan. What are we dealing with? We're talking about a situation where he returned in the afternoon. That's not called returning it. And that Baita is really talking about two cases. This is what it's trying to say. If he, if he, if the finder brought it back in the morning in a place where he would see it, he put it by the front door in the morning. And it's very possible that the person is going to walk out and see it on his way to fila, on his way to work. He's going to see it right there in front of his house. Then he doesn't have to take care of it anymore. And therefore, if it got lost or stolen, he's exempt. He doesn't have to pay. However, but if you put it in the afternoon on the on the front, uh, right by the front door in a place where you could see it, but no one's going in and out at that time. The kids are in school, the, 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 the man's at work. There's no one passing by in the, in the middle of the day. He's not going to see it. And it got lost or stolen. Then the finder has to pay. And that's the way Rabbah would explain that Braita. So now, Etive, Rabbi Yosef continues asking Rabbah, If a person found an object, he is responsible for it until he gives it back to the possession of the, the loser. My Le'olam, what does that mean forever? He is responsible. Lav, afilu mi beto, aren't we talking about the Braita where even if it got lost or stolen from the house of the finder, he's still, he's still liable? And Shwami and we're understanding he's like a paid watchman, he was, was liable for lost or stolen. And Amalian, and Abba told Rav Yosef, 
this Braita is talking about animals. And I agree to you when it comes to animals that if they got lost or stolen, he has to pay. Why? Because they're used to going outside, meaning that's how they got lost. They just decided to walk on their own. You have to watch it a little bit more. Meaning you have to be very careful uh, in order that it doesn't get lost again. And therefore over there it has different rules. And even if it got lost or stolen, you're liable. Meaning you could still be a Shomer Hinam, but we're going to call this negligent that you weren't that careful. Now here's the opposite. Etiver Rabba Yosef. Rabba is going to ask a question on Rav Yosef. Again, from the sugya of returning a lost object. The Brayta was Doreshed. Hashev teshivem lachicha. You have to return it to your brother. Hashev eni ela lebeto. It sounds like you have to give it back to his house. Leginato hurbato minayin. Let's say I give it back to him. I put it back in his garden. I put it back into a, a destructed area, but it belongs to him. How do I know that I did the mitzvah? It says you have to give it back. It doesn't make a difference where. Now, they, now Rabbi has a question. What does that mean to the garden or the destructed area? If we're talking about a garden or a destructed area that is protected, that is safeguarded, that's the same rules as his house. What's the Hidush? Rather, what are we talking about? A garden or a destructed area that is not protected, is not watched over. And what do you understand that a person who's who found the lost object he's considered a free watchman and he doesn't have to take care of it uh, as much as uh, as a shomer sachar and therefore if he, he left it in the not protected garden or destructed area he's good amar of yosef responded no we could be talking about a garden or a destructed area that is uh, safeguarded and if you tell me it's the same thing as his house and what's the Hidush? Hakamashmal, and I'll tell you what the Hidush is. That we don't need the the original owner to know about it. Like Rabbi Lazar, the Amar Rabbi Lazar, Hakot Sachim Dat Bealim Chutz Meshavat Aveda. We know that Rabbi Lazar that when when in everything, meaning in lost objects or Shomrim, when giving it back, the original owner has to know he got it back, except for a lost object. Shehare Rebeta Bo Torah Hashabot Arbe, because the Torah said Hashem Teshivev a lot of returning, meaning different possibilities of returning is also good. Meaning, even if it uh, put it in a, in a garden, even in a destructed area, that's also good. Even if the owner doesn't know about it, as long as it's a protected area. So Amar the Abaye the Rav Yosef. Abaye now asks Rav Yosef. Abaye was a student of both Rabban and Rav Yosef. He asked Rav Yosef, Rabbi, you really don't hold that a, a person watching a lost object is like an unpaid watchman. Veha Amar Rabbi Hiya Bar Abba Amar Rabbi Yohanan. If a person found a lost object and he's claiming it got stolen from him and he swore on it and, and they found it by him, he has to pay double. Now, if you want to say he's considered an, a paid watchman, why does he have to pay double when he says it was stolen? At that point, he has to pay the principal. That's it. That's it, the story's over right there. Meaning, when you're trying to keep it 
like a Shomer Aved, like a Shomer Hinam, he's trying to keep it, saying, hey, it was not my fault, it got stolen. Okay, then I understand why we're finding him. But if a Shomer Sachar said it was stolen, at that point, he's Hayav to pay, and the double doesn't come into play. So Amar Leir, Rabbi Yosef said, Hacha Ma'askinan, Kegon Shetoen, Ta'anat Listim Mezuyan. Rabbi Yosef says, no, over here we're talking about a, where the where the finder says it was stolen from him, but it was like an armed robbery. So at that point he becomes like an anus, and a shomer sachar would be patur. He'd be exempt from paying if there was an honest case where, like, let's say a, a thief came in with a with with a gun, with a, with a sword. Okay, he got him, he got him scared. That's already an honest. So Amar Leib Rabbi said, "Listim mezuyan gazlanu." But an armed robbery is considered gezel, and he doesn't have to pay double. Meaning, uh, we said before that Rabbi Hiyah said in the name of Rabbi Hanan that if someone claims it was stolen, a lost object was stolen, he has to pay double. But if he's saying gazlan, by a gazlan, there's never double. It's always just principal. And this is like a sort of a stringency the Torah has with someone who is a thief. If someone uh, steals without anybody knowing about it, it means you're scared of people, you're not scared of Shem, so you have to pay the double. But with armed robbery, he's not scared of anybody. He doesn't care, and therefore he only has to pay once, just the principal. So if you're saying that we're talking about armed robbery, then there's no kefel. So Amalei of Yosef responds, I say that even armed robbery, at the end of the day, once he steals, he, uh, he goes into hiding. Nobody, nobody sees him, and at that point he becomes like a, a ganav, and there is double. And still, with all that, the Shomer Sachar would be patur from paying because it was an onus. So Rav Yosef would tell you, I, I, to him there's a difference. If there was a real onus over here, then okay, he doesn't have to pay, but the person who makes that claim still has to, play, has to pay double because he went into hiding. So now, Etive, now Abaye is asking Rav Yosef, there's a non, either it's a beraita with no source, or it's a non halacha, whatever it is, but you can't learn Shomer Sachar from Shomer Hinam because there's a stringency by Shomer Hinam. By Shomer Hinam, if he says it was stolen and it ends up it's by him, he has to pay double. By Shomer Sachar, paid watchman, if he says the same lie and he's caught, there is no kefel. He doesn't have to pay double, only regular principal. So you can't compare cases. Now, now, if you want to say armed robbery is the same as a ganav, you have a case of Shomer Sachar. He does have kefil. He does. There is a situation where he pays double, where he says that, uh, it was stolen with an armed robbery. If it ends up being in his property, he was lying about it the whole time, he would have to pay double. Now, we all know that's not the case. Rather, uh, armed robbery is a gazlan, not a ganav. You, you can't say, oh, they have the same deen. No, they, they don't have the same deen at all. So Amar Leir, Rav Yosef explained, Hachikam, that's what the Baita is trying to say. Lo imamata b'shomer chinam sheken m'shalim tashlume kefal b'chol ta'anotav. You can't compare shomer chinam that always pays double, no matter what he says, no matter what the situation is, he's always going to have to pay double if he's lying. You can't compare it to Shomer Sachar, who only has to pay double when he says Listim is an armed robbery, but nothing else. So again, Etive, again, Abaye has a question on Rav Yosef from a different Breta. 
It says in regards to a borrower, if it broke or it died, you have to pay. That's only if it broke, if it died from regular work. How do you know that the borrower has to pay if it got lost or stolen? You have a kalvachomer. And regular paid watchman, if it broke or died, he's exempt from paying. Still, he still has to pay if it got lost or stolen. Shoel, a borrower, which is more strict, we're more strict with the borrower because uh, because he gets all the benefit. He doesn't even have to pay. Shehayavish Rahumeta, he is obligated to pay if if it broke or it just died from work. And Odin Shahabing Navaveda, all the more so he should have to pay if it got lost or stolen. Vizeu Kalvahomer Shein Alaf Teshuva. And this is a Kalvahomer that you cannot respond, you cannot break it. And Abayi asks, and if you want to say armed robbery is like a ganav, like you're saying before, why are you saying there's no question that you can't break this kalvahomer? You can always break the kalvahomer and say, you could always say that there is a stringency by Shomer Sachad that you don't have by Shoel, that he would have to pay double if he's, if he's caught lying saying that it was an armed robbery. Amalev Yosef responded, Rav Yosef explained that the Tana of this Braita held that paying a principal without swearing is much more strict than paying double with a lie. Meaning this Tana holds that a borrower who right off the bat has to pay without even swearing, he has to pay, that's worse off than than Shomer Sachar, who would have to pay double, all but only if he lied. So now the Gemara shifts gears, and Lema Meseyale, we're going to try to help Rav Yosef, he holds that an armed robbery is like a, like a regular thief. So Lema Meseyale, let's say the following helps him. If someone's renting a cow from his friend and it got stolen, and the renter said, I'll pay, but I'm not swearing. And then they found the thief. He had, the thief has to pay the double to the renter. Once he paid for it, he's, it's considered his. And that's why the double goes to him. So the Amorim wanted to say that this helps that the renter is like a paid watchman and he ha- he's obligated to pay if he got lost or stolen. When it says, I want to pay and not swear, what do we understand? That if the renter wanted to exempt himself, all you have to do was swear and wouldn't have to pay. Now, how is that possible? You have to say, you have to say that the renter is saying that it was an armed robbery. Vekatane and it says afterwards, then we found the thief, meaning the armed robbery. He pays double to the Socher. It's exactly like Rav Yosef, that this armed robbery, this armed robber, since he went into hiding, then he's already considered like Ganav that he would have to pay double. So, yes, on one hand, the the Socher, the renter, he he could exempt himself by saying listim Israel. On the other hand, the listim Israel would have to pay double, like a ganav, because he went into hiding. The gemara doesn't like it because amre misavart kerbi huda de amar socher akenoses achadame. Do you really think this brayta is like a Yehuda who held that the renter is like a paid watchman? 
Dilma can be meir sevirale. Maybe the time of that the Brayta held that could be meir dama socher keshomer hinam dami that a renter is like an unpaid watchman, and if it got lost or stolen, he would be exempt from paying. And could be over here we're talking about a regular claim of uh, of a theft, meaning not armed robbery, and that's why he has to pay double. Or you could say that the Brayta is like Rabbi Yehuda, but like the way Rabbi flipped the names of the Tanaim in the Machloket, and he taught Socher Ketzad Mishalim, how does the renter pay? Rabbi Meir is the one who said he pays like a paid watchman, and Rabbi Yehuda holds like a Shomer Hinam, and everything fits perfect, that we're talking about Shomer Hinam, and that's why the double. Now, Rabbi Zira Amar, you can't learn from our Brayta because he, he sets up the Brayta totally different. What are we dealing with in the Brayta? We're talking about a situation where the renter said it, there was an armed robbery and he could have easily sworn and got out of it, but in the, and then he paid. And we ended up finding out that it, it, there was no gun in the scene, there was no knife, rather he was a regular thief, and therefore he has to pay double to the Socher because he already paid for it. But could very well be if it was a if it was a listim ezuyan if it was an armed robbery he wouldn't have to pay double. Next we learned the mishnah naflala gina v'nehenet meshalemet mashenehenet. We learned that if an ox by uh, by mistake fell into a yard and it uh, benefited it has to pay whatever it benefited. And Amarav ben Habita, Rav said we're talking about a situation where let's say it fell on fruits. Let's say it, it fell on something. It fell on fruits. And uh, that's why you only have to pay for whatever it benefited. He ruined the fruits by falling. Okay. But if it ate from the fruits, even whatever it benefited, it doesn't have to pay. So, it sounds like Rav goes by his reasoning. Rav said in the case of an animal eating poisonous uh, food, that it, it's the animal's fault, it should have controlled itself. It sounds like you hold that an animal can control itself, and therefore the owner of the animal is not uh, liable for uh, the food that his animal ate. Amre hachyashta, the, the Gemara responds, What are you comparing? Is, Let's say Rav uses this concept of it should have controlled itself not to eat and not eat. That's where it damaged itself. Because owner of the fruits could say, I'm not paying for your damage because it should have controlled itself and not to eat. However, but Rav never said in the case where you could use that same claim to exempt the, the owner of the ox from damage that his ox caused. Rav never said something like that, meaning to exempt the owner of the fruits, Rav would say that, but to exempt the owner of the animal for damage his animal caused, Rav would never say such a thing. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam, amen ve'amen.